From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. This is part three of our series on our marriage vows. Today, we discuss what you were in for when you said for richer, for poorer on your wedding day. And there's an anonymous quote that says, there is no my money, his money, or her money in a successful marriage. Regardless of who does or doesn't work, who brings home the most money, the successfully married pool their money together, plan together, budget together, tithe together, give together, spend, and save together. Wow, that's beautiful. There's a lot packed into that. Yes. And there's a lot packed into that phrase for richer, for poorer in your, in your wedding vows. And we're going to be discussing that today. But those of you that have been around a while, you know that we start each show with a hug. And for those of you that are brand new, welcome. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the one family. Yes. We're so excited to have you. And if you don't know, a hug's an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family whose marriage has had breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And this week's hug is sponsored by Third Love. And we're going to be telling you a little bit more about how they're changing, how we women get to shop for bras a little bit later in the show. But this hug comes from an Instagram message that we received and says, thank you so much for doing this podcast. I stopped listening for a while because I was mad at my spouse and didn't want to put in the effort. Mm. Well, I started listening again a few months ago, and I have to say we just had our best fight. We were calm and talked through this painful situation over days and through lots of tears, but we are so much closer at the end. It was amazing. I couldn't have done it without your advice. Love Mm. you guys. Wow. So awesome. Well, we're glad to have you back. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I think is significant about that is that, you know, in our marriage, whether we're talking about, you know, how we communicate around emotions or how we communicate about around money, there can be those seasons when it feels really tough. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to take a step back and then we have to get back in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what that that wife did. And as we continue this series around our marriage vows and the power of those words to impact our marriage, we're we're talking about one of those areas this week that really caused quite a bit of tension. Oh, yeah. And did you really know what you're saying when you read those words for richer, for poorer, when you stood behind, beside your spouse or across from your spouse on your wedding day? I know I had no clue. Mm-mm. I, you know, and, and it's one of those topics that we're actually conditioned, I think is a good word, from a young age not to talk about. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. You know, there are those things that they say you're not supposed to talk about in polite company and money is one of them. Mm-hmm. We're also given all kinds of messages as kids that, you know, well, m- you know, it's impolite to talk to people about that. You know, you don't ask people how much money they make. I mean, our kids definitely don't have that issue. The, the, these kids have been raised. But that was breaking off all the messages that we had received. Sure. Because our parents, you know, a lot of you were raised in families where money was not discussed. You kind of, you know, got the messages, money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, we don't have money for that or we can't afford that. But it wasn't coming out of a place of how do we handle this as a team? Mm -hmm. Right. That was, that was our situation. That was my family situation. And, you know, as you get married, you each bring in your own money stories. Mm -hmm. And that could be from, 
you know, I, and I think a, a big thing of that is too, is when do you get married? If you got married younger, you take a lot of those money stories that you did carry from your own family and mm-hmm. what you saw. And as you get older, and if you get married when you're older though, you, you take those in, but then you also take yours in and what you've done with money. And now you meld with your spouse. Whoa, there's a, there's a place for some fireworks to start going off. Well, and there are all these money scripts. Mm-hmm. Right. Because in our, in my family, my parents did not talk about money. Right. I, I would often hear we can't afford that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my parents had serious financial struggles. I, I've shared in past shows that we actually lost our home. You, the senior, my senior year in high school, like just a couple of weeks before I was leaving for college or, you know, we lost our home. We had to move into an apartment, all of these kinds of things. And so I carried a lot of weight and brought a lot of money habits and, and money beliefs into our marriage that just kind of got dumped on Tony mm-hmm. when we stood at the altar and said the, I do. And I like my whole belief system around not having enough really caused me to do some weird things with money as far as, you know, spending it and kind of hoarding it and and just making those decisions around money that were a struggle for us. And I will say, Elisa and I, in throughout our courtship, rarely, if ever, talked about money. And so I will say for you, and as she looks quizzically, it, we really didn't talk about money and, and what we had, what we didn't have, credit card debt, other debts, how we how we would spend it. It, it wasn't a topic. And so if if that's you, you're, you're not alone. We, we've been there. I mean, the only place that we talked about money was how much money we were spending every month on our phone bill. Mm-hmm. Because back in the day, we, we actually had to pay for long distance phone bills. And so our phone bills were anywhere from like the four to $600 range every month. And so when you come up to the altar and you say for richer, for poorer, do you really know what that meant? And if you didn't like us, this is where the journey has to begin because you said that and you've come together. And so how are we going to start changing that money script that you had and you still have so that the two of you can really, really stand upon this and say for richer, for poorer, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm, I'm the reason I was shaking my head is because I don't remember a single conversation outside of the credit card statements that would come or the phone bills. And, and you know, we just pay, put that on the credit card. I don't remember a single conversation about finances or how we were going to do a budget. To, I, we nothing, didn't nothing. The only thing I do I, now that you bring that up with the bills, the thing I do remember early on, and I think this is before we were married or right after we got married, we were getting past due notices because we weren't paying our bills. Mm -hmm. And so I can't recall if that was right before we got married or after, but I do remember a time period there where we were getting stacks of those because we had no money and we had no plan together on how we were going to pay off that debt. It actually, like even going back there, it kind of makes my stomach hurt. Mm -hmm. Remembering that for how long, how many years we wasted not having a plan because jobs are going to come and go. Kids are going to come and go. You're going to have moves. You know, there's going to be recessions like what we just went through back in 2000. There's going to be all of these money things that happen. And there's going to also be times of, of success when, when, when you're doing amazing. And, and do you know how to take that money and use it to leave a legacy, mm-hmm. not to just spend it, because you want some toy because really the shiny object it's going to come and go 
it's going to dull out and, and it's going to fade away. And yet, are you willing to come together and leave a legacy for those who come behind you or even for yourselves? Mm-hmm. Do you want to have a, a life where it's like, hey, as the kids get older, as we get to to enjoy those those years together, do we want to take trips together? Do we want to do things together? Heck, I remember reading a book many, many years ago where this couple talked about they were saving for the sole purpose, they weren't going to leave a dime left because they were going to spend it all and make sure that they got to enjoy their entire life. Hey, if that's what you want to do, that's, that's a you thing, go for it. And and I I love that idea, you know, and, and, but that all comes out of having conversation. It has to be around this topic of money. And, you know, a lot of you have probably heard that money is, you know, it ranks right up there as one of the top reasons that couples find themselves in that divorce category or contemplating divorce. And as we were researching for this show, I actually found this study that was done by Ramsey Financial Solutions. A lot of you may be familiar with Dave Ramsey. Uh, they surveyed a thousand adults and were looking at you know, marriage and debt. And they said 86% of marriages nowadays are starting with debt. 86%. That number like blew wow. my mind. Okay. And that 48% of those with more than $50,000 in debt say money is the number one cause of their fights. Hmm. And so you start thinking about that and, and you think about, okay, we've got, you know, tremendous amount of debt burden on the, on the front of a marriage. And we did that guys. We were, it's crazy. Cause I yes. see that $50,000 number. That was our number. That was, we were actually a bit higher than that, but I see that and I'm like, Oh, and another number that they threw out is that one in three who fight about money have hit a purchase from their spouse. I've done that. I, I've shuffled. I've left stuff in the back of the car and maybe only brought one thing in instead of brought the whole bag. And, and when Tony says, oh, where'd that come from? Is that new? No, no, I've had it for a while. You know, mm-hmm. had it for a while. Don't, because these str- all of this debt and not having a plan for what the for poorer looks like in your marriage causes a tremendous amount of anxiety, tension, and stress. Mm-hmm. And for those of you in the one family, 81% of you say that money has been a source of stress at some point in time in your marriage. Okay. And, and out of that, 43% of you say that you struggle to have a budget that you both honor and keep, which is significant because this was us, mm-hmm. right? In the early years of our marriage, no budget. I mean, we weren't even talking about money. Let, you know, If you're not talking about money, it's pretty hard to have a budget. Or, or any type of financial plan. And I want to just say, we, we call ours a cash flow plan because it's cash flowing in and cash flowing out. I, I, and that's just wording, but I, I, but I still believe and I will continue to believe that words have power and how we use them can really allow us to open up or close down. For me, and I think even a, 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 you, Elise, where there was a point where budget wasn't the word that just stuck with us and we struggled trying to put a budget together. And yet, once we started saying, "Hey, this is a cash flow plan. Mm-hmm. We're just we're just taking account of where our cash is, what it's doing, how it's going." In that, for us, I will tell you, was was a, a, like a key in a lock. It was unlocking something for us that allowed us to go, "Okay, let's come together because we're just talking about our cash flow, how much we have, how much we're spending, where's it going, and flowing." So, just come up with with the word that works for you. And just as an aside, that's a really important point that Tony just brought up. All of the tools and resources that we have here at One Extraordinary Marriage are tools and resources. Mm-hmm. You customize them to fit your marriage. Mm-hmm. 
if you don't like a particular word, I know that, you know, just a side note, I know that there are couples that when we talk about challenges, challenge is a word that bristles Mm -hmm. for them. And so they will call it something else. Do it, do whatever is going to, whatever it's going to take for you to take action. Mm -hmm. The, the word is not so important as long as it evokes the motivation to take the action behind it. Yeah. And in this area of money, you know, we are taking this a little bit more from the for poorer standpoint because that's really where a lot of the tension comes in. Yeah. Right. And I will tell you, you can have tension when you have abundance Mm -hmm. as well, because figuring out how to manage that, how to, how to gift it, how to give it, how to do all of those types of things. But in all honesty, when we stand up there, and we say our vows, we're not thinking that there's necessarily going to be a for poor. I would agree with you. We stand up there and we're like, for richer and for richer and for richer, amen. Mm-hmm. For abundance, for not having to worry about it, for not having to have tension around money, for not having to worry about those past due notices, for not ha- wondering how we're going to go paycheck to paycheck or how we're going to you know, pay for Christmas or how we're going to worry about you know, taking a trip or all of those kinds of things. Those aren't the things we're thinking about. And so we have to really look at, you know, what is this, how does this play out in our marriages? Mm-hmm. Because going back to that Ramsey study, 94% of those who identified that they're, they had a great marriage discuss money. Big. That's huge. Uh, whoa. You want a great marriage. You, you got to be in that place where you're talking about your money. And 54% of those who say that they have that great marriage are almost twice as likely to talk about money either daily or weekly. It's not a once a year conversation around money that makes for a great marriage. It's a regular conversation about money. It's, it's building financial intimacy. The for richer, for poorer, that's the clause in your wedding vows that says we need to have financial intimacy. Mm. It's not the, well, we'll talk about it, you know, at tax season. It's we're going to build this muscle the same way that we're going to build our sexual intimacy muscle, the same way that we're going to build our spiritual intimacy muscle, same way we're going to build our emotion. It's in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And for us, you know, they're, they're definitely the way that we've worked this out in our marriage. Once a month, we come together. We do, we do the cash flow plan. Elisa actually does a cash flow plan now because we have it all set up on a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. We look at it. We, I share with what we have in our funds. She looks at it. And then from there, she pretty much goes through it. If it's something major, she'll let me know and I'll come in and we'll discuss, okay, what do we need to take off here? What do we need to do with this? What should we do here? That's what we do monthly. Mm -hmm. When it comes to weekly, we're we're on par. We're we're, we're talking. We're letting each other know, hey, this is what we have available. Mm -hmm. This is what we need to do. Sometimes we we forget and we got to catch ourselves back up. You know what I mean? And so th- th- there becomes a struggle because like, hey, what, what are we doing? What do we got? Is the money available? Because again, it's cash flow. It's coming in, it's coming out. And we need to know. On a daily basis, I wouldn't really think that we're discussing so much on a daily basis of what's really happening. Maybe there are times when we are closer to like end of pay periods where we'll discuss that a little bit more to know, hey, wh- where are we? Like, do we have the funds? to go out, you know, I, I, I want to take you to dinner or the family wants to go to dinner or gas money or whatever it may be. Just, Hey, be aware that we only have a hundred dollars left in this account. So that's, I would say how we're flowing and, and it, but it is a topic that does come up regularly. Mm-hmm. And I would say a lot of other topics, not just the cash flow plan, but the investing that gets discussed 
throughout all this as well. Absolutely. And you know, as we start talking around these strategies for what this looks like in our marriage, we want to, we want to give you some guidelines around that. But before we do that, we want to thank this week's sponsor. And you know, I mentioned at the top of the show that third love is changing how we women shop for bras. And it's so amazing because they actually use data points generated by millions of women who have taken their fit finder quiz to design bras with both breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and a premium feel. And they have this, this fun and easy tool called their fit finder quiz. And you answer a few simple questions and you're going to find your perfect fit in about 60 seconds. And you know, I mean, we talk about all different kinds of things here at One Extraordinary Marriage, mm. but taking this Fit Finder quiz actually had me thinking, like, what is the shape of my breasts? You know, how does my bra fit? Is it com- is what I'm currently wearing? Is that comfortable? And it's amazing because since over 12 million ha- women have taken this quiz to date, they've got they've got so much information and just such an incredible range of sizes. They actually have over 70 sizes available, including half sizes to make sure that you find your perfect fit because your shape and size really do matter when you're putting on a bra. And the great thing about them is that they have a hundred percent fit guarantee. So every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it. And here's where I just love partnering with companies who are out there doing good Mm -hmm. because third love, if you have a need to return a bra because it doesn't fit perfectly, they're going to wash it and donate it to a woman in need, Mm -hmm. which is just amazing to stand behind it. But I even, you know, you've often heard us talk about like what color is your underwear? I actually found a new color Mm -hmm. that I like. I ended up with fig, uh, which is a, you know, kind of like a purplish, like a deep purple, um, color, which was so fun for me because I've tended to the blues. And, and if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't taken the time to look at this, I might not have ever actually stepped out and tried a different color. Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash one right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash one for 15% off today. So here we have this phrase, for richer or for poorer. And as we talk about what this really means in marriage, it was so inspiring to hear what it means to those of you in the one family. Because mm-hmm. we asked the question. And again, if you ever want to participate in any of our, of our polls, you can find them. We post them on our Instagram stories at One Extraordinary Marriage. And we'd love to get your input because here's what some of you had to say. When we asked the question, they said, loving and supporting each other in the good times and the bad. Mm -hmm. Working as a team, no matter what the financial circumstances are. His or my problems are our problems. Staying when it's hard. And it's that last one that even like makes me emotional now. Mm -hmm. This one like totally threw me. I didn't expect to get emotional, you guys. But I remember when my parents were going through their struggles and they never, you know, I mean, we're losing the house. They're having to deal with creditors, all this kind of stuff. And I remember that divorce was never an option for them. They modeled that, right? It wasn't easy. It's not easy. You know, when you've got a kid about to go off to college and you're losing your house. And so in 2008, when we were in, you know, when the recession came and then 2012, when we lost our house, even though I had sworn that that would never happen. Like I remember telling Tony, like, don't ever, this is the one thing that just scares me more than anything. I don't ever want to lose our house. It happened to us. And yet I knew because my parents had modeled staying together when it's hard Mm 
I knew that we were going to find a way. Mm-hmm. And we did. And it actually, you know, we were just joking about this the other day about how that was such a tremendous blessing in our life going through that season, not just what we learned about each other, but what, what's happened in our life since, mm-hmm. since that season. But that idea of good times and bad, of working together, of it being our problems, not your problems, of, of staying when it's hard. That's what for richer, for poorer. That's what that means. Yeah. And I would say, you know, before the Great Recession hit, I mean, we were we were doing well. One of our businesses was was booming. And hey man, everything is good when when there's money in the bank and everything's just flying high. It's how how do you act? What's your character when things are tough? And, you know, 10, 11 years now looking back, you know, that was that was a a turning point for Elisa and myself. Like how how are we gonna react? in this time, in this moment, what are we going to do? And through that, I would say my love for her has only grown. And I can look back at that time and just go, you know what? It wasn't fun. Not at all. And yet we learned so much about each other that we, we really had each other's back. And through that, like the trust level grew. Like I was sharing with you, I just, uh, Elisa goes through the cash flow plan on her own. Now I, I, I trust her explicitly. I, there's no fear before I would be on top of her. Like we'd have to go line by line and make sure now it's just like, she's going to take care of it. It's fine. We, 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 we watch it together. Um, and yet there was this trust level that came around our money because we did go through that time. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, as much as I don't want to, would like to say, I didn't have to go through it. We did. We survived. We're, 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 we're doing fine. We, we live a, an amazing life now. And, you know, if you're in that spot, you know, things change. Mm-hmm. Things can change in a heartbeat. Sometimes it doesn't happen as fast as we want. You know, it's been 11 years to, for us to get to this point. I wish it would have happened maybe in a third of the time. And yet you got to go through, you got to go through it and walk it. So do know if you're, you're struggling even right now with your finances, it doesn't always have to be this way. Mm-hmm. And can I say first and foremost, it's not about the labels that you either take on or you put on each other. It's not about being a saver or spender. It's about the vision that the two of you create for your financial future. So many of you have already taken on this idea of creating a vision for your marriage, right? You schedule, you schedule your coffee break. You've taken on the intimacy lifestyle. You've had conversations around this. It may be time to incorporate a money meeting. Yeah. Right. I, I have a number of my coaching clients that this is their next step because it's necessary, just like, you know, reading through those statistics or sharing those statistics on, you know, who says they have a great marriage? Well, 94% of couples who discuss money regularly say they have a great marriage. You got to be one of the 94%. Mm-hmm. You've got to say, you know what, are we going to do it weekly, every other week, at least once a month? Or are we going to, you know, and can I be real clear? This can be done if you two aren't even in the same place. I've got couples that will FaceTime a deployed spouse or a spouse that's working out of the area so that they can have their money meetings. And I will say, if you're in a spot too where money is, there's tension in it and you're trying to come up with a plan, you're trying to come up with a way to set it up that best fits your family and your marriage, reach out to Elisa and do do a session or two with her. Let her help you set that all up. And you can learn more about coaching with her at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. Mm-hmm. And part of that plan is to make a decision that there's no yours or mine. What comes into our marriage is ours, right? 
And that's going to look different for every couple. But to get into this place, we're saying we're doing this together. If we are married, we are doing our finances together and creating what that plan is going to look like. What are those categories we want to spend in? How do we have fun money? Mm-hmm. Because you got to have some fun with all that you all are working and, and earning. Where are we going to give? Mm-hmm. How do we want to bless people? Like as you receive blessing financially, how are you going to turn around and be a blessing to somebody else? Mm-hmm. What are the choices that we're going to make around saving and spending? And there are so many amazing apps out there. Tony and I use every dollar. Some of you in the one family shared with us that you use, um, you need a budget or you use mint or quicken. There are resources out there. Don't, don't sit here and listen to this and say, well, I don't know where to get started. Y'all have a phone in your hand or pretty close to you or an iPad or a tablet or something. Google money app and see what comes up and see what's the best fit for the two of you. Mm-hmm. Some people love the spreadsheet. I've got a Google spreadsheet that we've used for I don't even know how many years now. I just, I just update it once a month. Mm-hmm. Go in and say, okay, what are our expenses this month? Some of you, like I said, I also use every dollar because it's just a quick, like I've got it on my phone and it gets, figure out what's going to be the best fit for the two of you. And here's the thing. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one thing to say, like I had a couple tell me uh, in a coaching session uh, a few weeks ago, they're like, well, we've talked about a budget. And so I paused and I waited for the, and we use it. And the pause was, yeah, we've talked about it, but we really haven't done anything. Talking about a budget doesn't get you on the same page financially like implementing a budget gets you on the same page financially. And, it, and it's a muscle you're going to have to work. So if you haven't done it yet, believe me, it's going to take a little time to get going. I was just talking to a business owner and w- there's a book that I read some years ago that has really helped us with our business and financing and, and looking at it. And as she and I were talking, she's her and her husband also own a salon and, and they're like, oh my gosh, Tony, that book just floored us. And she goes, but how long is it going to take? And I told her, honestly, I said, look, three to six months, it's going to take you some, some wiggling to, to figure out what works and, and how do you make it happen? So even in your marriage, you're going to have to sit down and give this a fair shake. If you try to do it once and say it didn't work, guess what? It didn't work. Hey, there's going to be a lot you're going to learn about one another. What, what, what happens when you talk about money? Are you, are you willing to stay in and, and share or are you going to walk away? But you don't do that one time and, and learn anything. You're going to have to stay in it three, six months, 12 months, two years. That's when you begin to see the process play out. That's when you get to see the work you put in for richer or for poorer is going to pay off because that's when you get to go, we did it. Mm-hmm. Like, just like our seven days of sex challenge, you know, when you get to ride in and you finish seven days in a row and you say, we did it. It's the same thing with your money for richer or poor. We did it mm-hmm. because we were willing to stick and, and, and even work through the uneasiness that happens when we have to talk about money. And for us, I will tell you as many years as we've done it, there are still days there are still times when that uneasiness will come up. I will want to run. I will want to do my own thing. And yet, I married Elisa. I looked across from her. And when I said, for richer, for poorer, I wed you, Elisa, that meant I had to stick. Mm-hmm. And so we stick in there and we stay in there for the long haul because that's where we see the success happen. And I want to say one thing as we're you know, kind of wrapping this all up. A lot of people have this idea 
that, you know, as we talk about money and sex and those things that we're not really supposed to talk about, you know, that money can be a weapon in marriage. I can withhold it. I can, I can, you know, not tell you what's going on or I can, I can do all these, just like sex, money is not a weapon in your marriage. It's simply a tool. It's a muscle that you can choose to exercise. And when you get this mindset that it's not a weapon, it's not something to beat each other up with, but rather it's a tool to advance our marriage, to impact our community, to leave a legacy, to have the life, then all of a sudden exercising that muscle, using that tool takes on a different mindset. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that place where you're saying, okay, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes we're going to have to work a little harder with this muscle. And other times we're just going to kind of be coasting it's it's all the same muscle but start strengthening it now so that in those times when maybe you're in a for you're like okay we know how to use this muscle we know how to have those conversations and when you're in that place of for richer you're like okay we know we've got our foundation in place we know the tools and strategies that we use we know how to do this together don't let another day go by that you aren't working on your financial intimacy don't keep putting it off in the hopes of someday because i'm telling you that your someday is today today's the day that you look at your financial intimacy you look at those words for richer for poorer and you say let's build this and let's build it together yeah go after it man we are so excited to have you part of this series, Our Marriage Vows. We're going to jump back in next week, so don't miss out. But this week, think about your finances for richer, for poorer. What does that mean for you and your spouse, for your marriage, for for what you're doing together? It doesn't matter if you've been married a week. It doesn't matter if you've been married 10 years, 20 years or more. You still need to be talking about your money if you're breathing on this earth. We love you guys. We're excited to hear how As you look at for richer and for poorer, how it's going to impact your marriage for great success in all intimacies of your marriage. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we will catch you next week. Love you guys.